You're listening to the Real Stories Podcast. A show that provides you with unique personal perspectives to what's going on in the world. We are your hosts at United World College in Mostar. Michelle Wong from China. And Ata Kashura from Poland. Every week, we're interviewing people from Ethiopia, Colombia, and so many more where they share their stories. Visit us on our Facebook page, Bridge of Stories, and join us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you would like to listen. A week ago, the first mass anti-government protests raised uncertainties for Bolsonaro in Brazil. Today, we welcome a very special guest from Brazil to give you a personal perspective into how the newly elected right-wing president, who happened to be a vocal opponent of same-sex marriage, homosexuality, abortion, drug liberalization, and secularism, impact this country in South America. Excited to be joined by an amazing guest today from Brazil at Bridge of Stories podcast. So, can you please tell us your name, where you're from, where you're studying at? I'm Luisa. I am from Brazil, and I am studying in UWC Mostar. Uh, great. So today's episode uh, focuses on the newly elected president of Brazil, uh, Bolsonaro. How do you feel about his presidency? Uh, how about your family and friends back home? How do they perceive that? Because that was quite a big event that was also very much well known around the world. Yeah, it really was. Um, in terms of how I feel, I still haven't really processed the fact that he is now technically my president because it's still a little weird because when Trump got elected, everyone in Brazil was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Look at the guy who's not president of the United States. And then we elected Bolsonaro, and it's a little bit crazy. Um, but I just try to ignore it as much as I can. I can't most of the time. It happens. Um, it was really funny in terms of my family because uh, my dad is really, really hardcore, far left, and he's really, really against Bolsonaro, and he just could not deal with it at all and he went to like pro a bunch of protests against Bolsonaro took me to a bunch of them as well and on the other hand my mother is a supporter um who is like very much on the far right and yeah it was very funny to be trapped in between the two of those they don't live together anymore but it was funny to be trapped in between the two of those and see how that played into my family dynamics as well Overall, though, I remember in my home, it was very weird because my I have younger siblings, and when Bolsonaro was elected, it was the first time that I heard them talking about politics. And the day after the elections, they called me, and they were like, did you see what happened? This is so weird. And it was really weird for me to see my younger siblings were also worried about this. That's how big it was for us. So did it come as a shock to the Brazilians, or do you think it was anticipated by some people? Well, it was anticipated in a way, but I think no one really gave the claim that much account. It's It was a bit of, here's this guy, we know that he has a massive support, but we like I still haven't processed that 50% of my country voted for him, because in my head that just seems, still seems like super weird. And yes, technically, theoretically speaking, we all acknowledge, yes, there is a chance he might win. But until the last minute, the people who were against him were, like, fighting and campaigning for him not to get elected. So it did come as a shock a little. You mentioned how your father took you to a lot of protests. What was what were the protests like? Are there any stories that you can share with us on that? 
Mm, the protests that we went to, the the thing is with Brazil, we we've had like a lot of political trouble in the past like eight years or something. Um, and the protest we went to, I remember this one that I went to with my father was um, the teachers of the of our state were in a strike, and my father is a professor. So we went to this protest, and I just remember that everything kind of blend blends in together. So we were protesting for the teachers, but also against our current president at the time and against the general figure of Bolsonaro. And it was just a mishmash of everything. It was also great because my father took me and my siblings and he asked us, hey, do you guys want to come to the protest with us? And it felt really really nice to be with my family there, which is weird considering that, like, felt so nice in that nucleus, but still outside of that, 50% of the country voted against it. Well, yeah, so people are protesting, and Bolsonaro is very, very well known for proposing very radical uh, policies. Was your family somehow affected by any of those? Well, there's, there's one that's very famous within Brazil that everyone is kind of aware of, which is um, a policy that was proposed by the previous government, but that Bolsonaro is really push- pushing forward for, which is um, one about the... It's a reform in our retirement plans, because in Brazil we have public retirement. Everyone has a right to, to like retirement money um, when they do. And now what this government is pushing for is for like extending the amount of time that you have to work for which becomes really interesting because it affected my family a lot because um, what happens is my father works for a university in Brazil and because he does so, he is just it, just under the age cut where he will be subject to this new re- retirement plan. So he will have to work until he's like more than 70. Um, and that is really something that like, it kind of happens to some professors now, and we really don't want that. So my parents had to like start new businesses after that. They tried to start like an assisting job and bought a farm with my uncle as well to um, to try to make some extra money to retire early. But then after they really saw what the plan was, that was when my family decided to move out of the country, which is what we are doing after I finish UWC. So like because of that policy and all of the other policies that like um, Bolsonaro pushes for, we are having to move from Brazil to Italy. We're trying to move to Italy now. I'm assuming that your mom is also below the age cut. So is she also, you know, um, what does she feel about the retirement plan and how come she's still, you know, supportive of Bolsonaro after the plan was initiated? Honestly, I don't really know. <laughs> um, it's a question I asked her as well. Um, I'm not as close to my mother as I am to my father because I lived with my, I lived with my father before I came to UWC. And when whenever I ask her about it, because Bolsonaro is also known for other controversies, right? That concern like Brazilian masses. And my mother is a woman who is a doctor. And she w- she had to like go to college for it and really push for like women's rights. And she always told me that she was a feminist and that shows that I should be one as well. But then when it came to Bolsonaro making incredibly misogynist um, claims and also just 
being just terribly sexist whenever I asked her about it but what do you think about this she would say it doesn't matter all that matters is that we're taking the current party out of power and that he says this and he says that and he says we'll be safer and she never really gave me an answer for any of it how does how come the Brazilian population feels so strongly about the opposition party um The thing is, the opposition party has had been ruling Brazil for 12 years. Uh, before that, it was two presidents with two terms each. And I guess um, after, after they came into power, our justice got, like our judicial system got much more accurate. And a lot of, um, a lot of big scandals broke out while they were in power and everything. And this is where we get a bit into personal opinion, but also there is the fact that the opposition party, it's led by people of the working class, whereas the party that is currently ruling and the party that was the opposition to the opposition party um, is right upper middle class. So those people are more easily targeted. But it's also the fact that the party that was in power before, they had goals and promises that really concerned the working class. And as time went by, they had to diverge from those goals more and more to satisfy the most people in the Senate and pass their policies as much as they could. And that just angered a lot of people that they deviated so much from the promise. It made people lose hope in them, which is how... How Bolsonaro, it's part of Bolsonaro's strategy to gain as much credibility as he did. The fact that he could come up and claim these people haven't been following their word, I won't do that to you. So, coming back to Bolsonaro, we learned that he was even accused of rape at some point. And we're wondering, what was the reaction of the Brazilian population to such news? Well, yeah, for... For the people that were against him, I guess it became even more um, something. Something that I remember from the period when he was when like before our election period was um, I. I remember seeing this on social media. It was in a comment box on Facebook, and there were a bunch of women together that had different. Of political opinions, some went to the very far left, some went to the very far right, some were right in the center, and still they were like, yeah, I'm not voting, voting for Bolsonaro. So the people who were against him became even more, if people who had the slightest inclination to not like him, disliked him more, but the people who did support him didn't really change their minds, which is kind of the case of my mother, for example. She didn't change her mind when the accusations of rape came up um and yeah so it's I, i i honestly think it's because the people who don't like him are looking for more reasons to not but the people who do just a lot of the times ignore the the reasons why they could dislike him we learned that bolsonaro even has been praising the genocide of the indigenous people um even trying to violate the territory that belongs to the tribes was it prevalent in your hometown or do you have any stories on this? It wasn't really... Uh, I live in the southeast of Brazil, and that's the region where Sao Paulo and Rio both are. I live in the third biggest city after those two. And um, down in the southeast, 
most of the indigenous populations have been kicked out because that was where the colonizers first arrived and that was where our biggest cities were. Um, the most interesting thing that I can think of in terms of the his positions uh, towards indigenous people is something I was looking up a few days ago about Venezuela, actually, because I know you guys have an episode about Venezuela, um, that um, the Brazilian army and the International Affairs Office said very strongly, we will not um, allow war to break because of the Amazon. We don't want to damage the Amazon in any way. We can't have a war in the Amazon, which is where Brazil borders Venezuela. Um, but then Bolsonaro just <laughs> just made a, st- a claim, I think it was five days ago or something, saying that uh, he hopes to explore the Amazon with the United States and with the United States support, and he doesn't care about the indigenous people there. He thinks that the problem of the Amazon is the indigenous people there. And it's just very... It's very hard. It's... Um, I think that since Bolsonaro got elected, there's also been a lot of more attention paid to the indigenous people of Brazil because they're suddenly in the spotlight when he he, he not only supports the genocide of indigenous people, but he, in a way, he perpetrates that genocide, trying to pass laws that will allow for them to have less rights. And since then, I see a lot of shocking things on social media and on news feeds, pictures especially, that are just very heartfelt in terms of what he's doing to indigenous people in Brazil. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was also a huge shock when... It was actually yesterday we learned about that, and it was, you know, a shocking news. Uh, so I think, from what you're saying, we can directly see how much separated the population of Brazil is among the supporters and the opposition of uh, Bolsonaro. And you're currently attending a, an international school, an international world college in Mostar, where you're studying people from completely different backgrounds that have very much different perspectives on the world. Do you think that people who are conflicted, especially on the political sphere, can actually find a common ground? And in the case of Brazil, do you think uh, there's a hope for a bright future in this context? I definitely think that people who are conflicted can and should find a common ground. That's what politics is, right? Um, it's to look for the great, for the common good for everyone. Um, and it's interesting to see the trend both here and in Brazil that people from opposite sides just won't, won't talk to each other, won't have clear discussions at times. And in terms of Brazil, it does scare me, um, because we are unsure as to what the future will look like, what our next election, elections will look like, what, if they will look like anything at all. And, um, yeah, I do hope that there is something better waiting for us in our future. But with the climate of violence that is instigated by Bolsonaro's sheer image and his statements that are against minorities, that are inciting of violence, it honestly scares me. I do hope, though, that something better comes soon. Thank you very much, Louisa. It was great having you at the Bridge of Stories podcast. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Louisa. Thanks for listening to the Bridge of Stories podcast. Don't forget to join us next Saturday afternoon for the next episode. We'll We'll catch catch you there. there.